Welcome back. My next guest is the new city councillor for Ward 3, Etobicoke Lakeshore, ousting longtime councillor Mark Grimes in what some say was one of the biggest upsets on election night. Amber Morley, welcome and congratulations. Good morning. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me on. I want to hear your thoughts. Amber, we want to get to know you a lot more and you know what your uh, hopes and dreams for your community is as you take a uh, seat as council as councillor. But I want your thoughts on this news about the Eglinton Crosstown LRT. I know it's not in your area, but it's a part of your city um, yeah. being delayed and these documents that have been released. Yeah, you know what? I think most Torontonians have had a sense that, uh, you know, this project has not come to fruition in the sort of the timelines or in the ways in which we had hoped. Um, you know, there's been entire communities pretty much decimated. We think of Little Jamaica yep. and the impact both economically, um, you know, and, and to the communities. And so it's really disappointing. Um, and I expect there will be accountability and a lot of, um, you know, continued questions as well as uh, collaboration to ensure we get to better um, outcomes and, and clear answers for Torontonians uh, about what we should expect and, and when, you know, what the resolution uh, of these concerns are going to is going to look like. Well, Amber, what does accountability look like? Because when I think about, you know, all of us, right, we have a job to do. And if mm -hmm. you started the job in 2011 and it's 2022 and things haven't been done, someone gets fired. I mean, yeah. you know, like you and I, we have jobs. And, uh, and if we are not produ producing, then we would get fired. So what does accountability look like for the city? Yeah, I think, you know what, having these um, frank conversations, looking for transparency um, in the process and in the planning. And again, you know, it, I can't speak to what's happened before my time here. Yeah. Um, you know, I ran for office for a reason. I think there's a lot um, that we can do better as it relates to, you know, so many aspects of governance in our city. Um, and this is just one of those areas. Um, I will say, you know, there are um, conversations, I think, with our um, at other levels of government, you know, including the province. Um, and so these are these are things that I know the mayor is going to be prioritizing um, and councillors are going to be asking, um, you know, for very clear answers on. We have a meeting this coming week um, and I'm sure this is going to be a, a top um, matter for discussion uh, and resolution. Yeah, we all hope so. Okay, yeah. back to getting to know Amber a little bit more. And we'll <laughs> hit some more topics uh, maybe in our, the second part of our chat. But were you surprised uh, on the night of uh, election night, knowing that you had ousted Mark Grimes? Um, and yeah, this was this was a big upset, but a, a huge win for you, Amber. Were you surprised? Yeah. Um, no, honestly, I wasn't surprised. I mean, I, I was pleasantly, um, uh, I, I don't want to say surprised. Honestly, I ran because I knew I could win. Um, and that was my intention from the beginning. Uh, it was not my first time running either. It was my second kick at the can. Um, and so I was very, um, you know, intentional about my, my, um, my run, about my team, about my message, about how I wanted to mobilize and engage my community. Um, and I built a campaign around what I heard from them uh, in terms of the kind of city that they want to see, the vision that they have for the future of Toronto, um, and the kind of leadership that we know it's going to take to get us there. And so, um, you know, I was confident in 2018 that I was the best choice. Uh, unfortunately, that didn't work out. And so in 2022, I was really lucky to have even more members of my community kind of show up and, um, and put their, you know, 
their time and energy into this race um, and to, to secure the win. And, and so I wasn't surprised. It was still, you know, it's always um, exciting. It's always nerve wracking. Um, you know, certainly it, it's, you never really know what the outcome is going to be. Um, but my community has shown up for me over my lifetime and, and I knew they would um, this time around. And so I'm, I'm, I'm grateful and I'm, I'm so excited um, to have their confidence and to be in this role. You've spoken a lot about changing the face of city council. Why <laughs> is that important to you and what does that look like? As someone who's been really engaged in uh, civic life uh, since you know a young age, it's con been consistently disappointing not to see myself reflected. Um, and in addition to not seeing myself reflected, I have had my voice ignored, you know, on many occasions. Um, I've been made to feel like my voice, um, my view, my experiences don't matter in the context of, you know, city building or, um, you know, community um, planning and this kind of thing. And that's just not right. It's not fair. Um, and I don't think that that is, um, and, and I just know we can do better than that. Uh, some of the themes for my campaign and, and themes for my leadership in general um, are around equity and inclusion. Um, and, you know, we've had a difficult history, right? We don't always talk about the challenges of, of, um, of our past and, you know, the ways in which equity-deserving groups have been pushed to the margins. Um, but I'm amongst those groups, right? I'm a woman. I'm a racialized person. I grew up low-income, you know, raised by a single mother. And so the reality of how I've had to navigate, um, you know, the city and, and, and uh, society um, has not been reflected. Uh, and I think it's actually a reality that is more common and, and, and more shared um, than we, than we, you know, that we, that we recognize. And, um, and so my whole um, understanding um, from being an organizer and an advocate in community is that we get to better policy outcomes. We get to better city and community building when we include the voices of those we're meant to serve. Um, and so instead of ignoring, <laughs> you know, or, or um, continuing to center um, certain like, specific voices who have had um, their experiences um, centered for, you know, pretty much since, since the founding of, of our nation, um, it's time for us to be changing uh, the conversation a little bit and and uh, opening up the table to to more voices so we can get better at addressing, again, these challenges um, that unfortunately disproportionately impact those of us on the margins. I think you, you said that so articulately and, and, and nicely, um, Amber, but I mean, you know, let's be clear, women of color are not normally seen in city council. And so That's you right. are breaking some barriers and some boundaries by doing this. And kudos mm -hmm. to you for doing that. Uh, what are some of the challenges? I mean, you know, I always think about representation as a, as a woman of color as well. Sometimes you have to be one of the few in order to break through some of those boundaries. And so yeah. what are some of those challenges? Can you speak specifically that you have faced maybe even in the early days of joining? I know it's only been a couple of weeks, but um, <laughs> it feels like forever. Right? So yeah, no. yeah. Um, no, I appreciate that. You know what? I previous to running for city council, I was a staffer on the floor of city hall. Um, and as a black woman, as a racialized woman, um, that was, uh, you know, I, I was one of a very few, right? This is something that, you know, we've continued to see. Um, and I think my frustration in our, um, 
lack of a, a wide lens as, as we look at policymaking has been something that has sat with me for a very long time. And so I've understood um, the need for a voice like mine and voices like ours uh, around the table for a very long time. Um, and in terms of the challenges, I would just sort of say, you know, certainly imposter sy syndrome is a real thing. Um, being a young woman, you know, being someone who doesn't come from, you know, wealth or, you know, Oops, sorry. Um, yeah, or, or you know, um, or this kind of, uh, uh, you know, socioeconomic situation, um, you know, just imposter syndrome, right? Like, do I belong here? It's, I am, uh, you know, different from many of my peers in, in many different ways. Um, and so, you know, just really surrounding myself with a team um, uh, who, who, who know me, who believe in me, who understand, um, the value that I bring has been helpful, right, to keep me grounded and, and to keep me focused. And frankly, it's been a real joy to be part of the most diverse cohort of counselors, um, I think ever, ever, for yeah. sure, I know ever, um, in the history of Toronto City Council and, um, building, uh, warm relationships and, you know, um, finding, um, support in my peers, both those who've been around for a bit longer, as well as, um, those of us who are new to City Council has really been uh, a wonderful opportunity to, um, yeah, bring our energy, uh, and our confidence right. <laughs> in a, in an intentional way. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break, uh, but we'll be back with more with Amber Morley. Stay with us. We're back with Amber Morley, City Councillor uh, of Ward 3, Etobicoke Lakeshore. Amber, you were chosen by the mayor to be part of his executive committee, and yet you signed a letter with some of your fellow councillors voicing your concerns with Bill 39 and the strong mayor powers. Tell me about this. Yeah, um, I have problems with the provincial government chipping away at sort of the tenets of democracy. And so uh, it was important for me to use my voice and my and my position to um, oppose that bill. Um, I think that, you know, it's it's irresponsible, frankly, and it's not in keeping with my understanding and, and my beliefs on what we should be doing um, in terms of governance. And so uh, that was important to me. And I'm honored and, you know, really proud to have been selected and have the confidence of the mayor um, to participate and contribute as a member of the executive committee, especially as a rookie counselor, right? My first term in, it's a very um, unique, uh, I think, and, and pretty rare um, position to have been selected for. And so, um, you know, I take that very seriously, but I also take my uh, responsibilities to my community and um, my values and principles seriously as well. And so a lot of the job is balancing those two things. Um, and, you know, this is for me, um, similar to even, you know, we spoke earlier about Metrolinx and the challenges and the lack of, of answers and clarity there. Um, you know, I think it's important to note that Metrolinx is, uh, is a, a province of Ontario body um, who was responsible for, you know, planning and building and delivering, um, you know, the, the Crosstown LRT and, and um, the services that we've been waiting for, as you mentioned, for, for a very long time. Um, and so it's important for me as a leader to point our, our attention to those who have the 
the purview, um, you know, to be making these kinds of changes and, and, and that's the provincial government in many instances. And so um, that's where we made sure to register, uh, you know, the 15 of us on council to register our concerns. Um, there's been very little, if any, um, consultation with the, the city um, and a lot of major um, legislative changes that impact the way that we do business uh, and that we build a city that are, frankly, um, not good. <laughs> so, so, so yeah, so that, that is um, concerning to me and I didn't want to miss the opportunity to be very clear uh, about my position with the province. Have you had conversations with Mayor Tory about your concerns? I mean, being a part of the executive committee, I mean, you know, that puts you in a position of having his ear a little bit more. Uh, mm -hmm. Have you had some conversations with uh, with him about your concerns? Um, yeah, certainly. Um, my peers, uh, some of my peers and I early on, we took an opportunity to have, you know, a sit down with the mayor um, once this became clear that the, the province had the intention, um, you know, to, to bring this um, legislation forward. Um, and that was, a, I think, a constructive conversation. Um, the mayor was clear about his position on this and um, his use and application uh, of these strong mayor powers uh, should they come forward, which they now have. Um, and so, you know, it's it's not perfect, but uh, we got to work with what we got, right? And and um, a mayor who is willing to um, uh, commit himself to building consensus um, and to, you know, um, working with colleagues um, in advance of, of um, you know, putting this, using this legislation to make decisions without our input um, has been a commitment. And certainly the mayor feels strongly about his citywide mandate um, and the challenges, you know, the many crises that we're faces in, facing, rather, including housing, um, which is a large and important one. And so I appreciate the mayor's um, pressures um, and his um, position and we're not always going to align, right? That's that's just the reality. Um, but we are we always need to find a way forward, and I think um, you know we're working to do that for sure. But this is, I mean, not to keep hitting a what do they say, beating a dead horse, Amber, on this one. But I mean, this is a pretty big issue. You know, this is not like we don't align with certain things. This is about giving one person a lot more power than everyone else. And uh, and also allowing for bylaws to to go through with a minority vote, and so this is more than just we're going to agree to disagree. This is a big deal for our city, for sure. And and the reality is, unfortunately, and it's something that I did think about really deeply before you know running again, which I was already in for, <laughs> to be honest. Um, but you know, in terms of what the challenges would be through the course of this term, and the city being a creature of the province, and us not having any powers to create our own legislation as it relates to our governance structure, and you know, some of these pieces, um, we need to to um, I think in many instances uh, understand the reality that we're navigating, and the reality is uh, the premier um, premier Ford has incredible powers. Um, to impact the way that the city does business uh, and he is utilizing those powers and I would argue not um, for the not for the best interest of the city of Toronto specifically um, and you know and that's another issue but I don't I don't work at the provincial level um, you know again I've used my voice to make clear my position that I don't think that this is the right thing to do um, but the province does not uh, does not um, is not required to consult with us 
nor to listen to us. And that's disappointing. And I think it's problematic for sure. Um, you know, certainly I'm a proponent of electoral reform and, you know, and of civic engagement. Um, we had a, a pitiful voter turnout, um, which, uh, you know, arguably is why we have this provincial government again. Um, so I think we all have a part to play. Um, and there are bigger, um, I think, pieces at play here. Uh, we need to be focused, uh, focusing, in my opinion and, and in my perspective, um, our attention on those who have the power to make the changes we want to see. Um, and in this instance, that's the province. Um, and so I, I hope that Torontonians, um, you know, take it upon themselves to mark their calendars for the next provincial election. You know, we're, we're quite some ways away. Um, but, you know, this is why participation matters. Our voices matter. Our votes matter. Um, because, you know, uh, someone like a premier in, in, in a country like Canada has incredible powers. Um, and to, to not have accountability, you know, to have a majority at the provincial level and to be able to, um, you know, pass this kind of legislation without consultation, without accountability, this is problematic. Um, but... I also need to work uh, within the parameters that I have. And, and unfortunately, the reality is that we are a creature of the province. Uh, and until such time as that changes, um, we have to, we are subject um, to the will of the provincial government. All right, we're going to have to call it there. Thank you so much, Amber, for joining us today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate the conversation. That was Amber Morley, City Councillor of Ward 3 in Etobicoke Lakeshore. This is Toronto This Weekend. You're listening to 640 Toronto.